Alienation version 2.0. I am Dan. This is episode number 76. I'm not going to lie, guys. I'm a little amped up today. Slow. Uh-oh. A little on edge. I What's mean, it's, going on? Well, we're going to talk about it towards the end of the show, but I, I just, uh, I don't know, man. I, I got a bad feeling about some some global politics, but more importantly, what's happening within our hobby here in the States. And But anyway, we'll get into that. I have with me. You guys tripping, just heard. Yo. I just heard. You guys just heard Justin. Yep. What's going on, dude? I'm hanging out. You're over in Ohio. I'm in Ohio. Yeah. Is it good I, old Cleveland? Sunny Cleveland in March. Is it sunny over there? It actually is sunny. This is sad. It's sunnier here in Cleveland than it has <laughs> been in weeks oh. back in Seattle. Crazy, yeah. crazy, and they crazy. keep threatening there's going to be a storm, and it's beautiful flying weather, uh-huh. and I have no helicopters. <laughs> well, that's Justin, and there you guys just heard Jesse a little bit, and then Nick is with us as well. What's going on, Hello. guys? There's Nick. What's going on, Nick? Nothing. What are you wearing? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. no, I'm not even going to pre-show. <laughs> what are yeah. you drinking? You ran out of quarters. <laughs> you ran out of quarters. Oh my! See, gosh. I tried to move it along there. You did. You did. So okay. Yeah. So let's start. With, let's find out what Justin's been up to because he's t- he took a trip this week and and he's hardcore. Let me tell you guys, this guy's hardcore. Not only not only is it really late where he's at, but he took all of his recording gear right all the way over to Cleveland to make sure he could take part in the show this week. Which is awesome, by the way. So you're over, you're over, and you're playing with the, with the stuff that goes boom, right? What are you doing over there? What are you playing with over there? I'm over here doing uh, rocket engine testing at NASA Glenn. Oh my gosh! That's as not, part of my day job. Might be. <laughs> and <Whatever>. you, <laughs> it's fun stuff. It, it's fun stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, how can it be if it's with rockets? I don't know. I saw a picture. I get a I get a picture of some blue light, and he goes, "This is the blue light I live for." And I'm thinking, I've done that with my flashlight before. <laughs> oh man, you you can't appreciate a good plasma engine discharge until you see it in person. Is it is it big? I mean, is this a big thing, or is it just some little teeny little? I don't know. Is it big? I mean, what's no? I mean, there it it's. Let's see here. It's about Dude, the size of a dinner plate. You could appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Already? Ooh. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. I'm good. All right. It's the size of a dinner plate. Look at it that way. And this propels spaceships? Yeah, dude. Huh. Really slowly, but really efficiently. Huh. Okay. 
Is this yeah, what we're they, not talking about the big smoke and flame stuff that comes out of the bottom of the shuttle? Right, right. But is this like what the USS Enterprise runs on? I mean, is this what the Millennium the, Falcon runs yeah, on? Yeah, dude, absolutely. <laughs> oh, now, I, I now like you've got my so. interest. Now, that's cool, yep. dude. That's pretty cool, man. I, I'm a little jealous, but I got to tell you something. What I'm about to tell you, and I'll get into this a little bit, but let me just say a, a few words linked together. I don't know how, because I, I can't do the math in my head before I say them all. So we'll just say this. Six gallons of nitro. Oh, yeah. So what else have you been up to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Dude, mean. that is not fair. That's just that a slap in the face. <laughs> Tell me more about your rocket engine. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Uh, no, so seriously, it loses all its luster when you say that. So you've been you've been playing around with the big boys' toys. Any? Yeah. Obviously, you're not flying. You didn't. I mean, you packed all your stuff. You probably didn't bring a heli with you, understandably. No, no. But okay, here's the deal. So I, like you already pointed out, I brought my computer, all my recording equipment. Right. Uh, I also brought my sim transmitter. So I'm sitting in the freaking hotel room simming. Well, not right oh, now, boy. but I've got it. Good for you, dude. Yeah. See, it's funny. Hey, I figured when I'm sitting around doing nothing at night, I might as well get a little bit of practice in. Oh, God. I'm sorry, guys. I just, I, I still can't, I can't get Nick's discharge thing out of my mind. I'm still reeling over that. Anyway. Mission accomplished. <laughs> so, okay. So you're simming and actually it, 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 it kind of feels like, it feels like the roles have reversed a little bit because see, I was the one that you guys always had to yell at to sim. And see, now I'm simming almost every day. And I haven't simmed since. <laughs> wow, man. What is it? It's like bizarro world, Yeah, man. that is weird. You're right. Yep. Hmm. Not yeah. Once. I tell you, 3D Masters next year. Dude, dude, next year. Go for it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to rock that place, man. But I've said it before. You guys realize how many people are going to have to die for me to actually win. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people are going to have to die for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. How would you beat Kyle Dahl? With a bat? He was sleeping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He'd run his helicopter into him. I beat him with a bat. Then I won the competition. Because <laughs> no one else showed up. No, that's cool. So you've been simming, and uh, you're going to be there for another week, right? Yeah, I'm here for another week. Uh, I don't, yeah, I what can I say? I haven't done anything heli-related. Yeah, the closest well. I got to heli-related was my wife telling me that my whiplash nitro showed up oh, on that's, Monday. That's got to be rough, right? Oh, man. Yes, it is. Oh, she didn't tell you that Nick <laughs> went and picked it up the other day, right? No, I didn't hear that. Oh. Oh, Thanks. but if Nick gets it up in the Thanks. air. <laughs> he's, he's already got like three gallons through that thing, dude. Sweet, dude. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> I Considering did s- it didn't have a power system, I'll, I'll take whatever he put in it. So tell me this. I saw you were chatting with Kelly in our uh, chat room the other day. Yeah. And I saw where you guys were kind of making maybe some plans to get meet up while you're out there. Is it, you, you're going to get a chance to meet up with Kelly and James while you're out there? Yeah, we're, we're, we're working on that right now. Kelly and James are actually going to a fun fly. They, I think they're actually there already well as we record this on friday and we'll be there for the whole weekend uh but what we were thinking of is seeing if we could meet up 
in a couple of days on Sunday, a day before this will be published. Nice. And it, it, it just depends. I mean, I may have to work that day, and so I'm, I'm keeping her in the loop and seeing what we can come up with. Yeah, and be, if not, then we'll do it next time. Yeah, it'll be fun, man. That'll be great. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Sweet. So, Nick, what have wow. you been up to, dude? Um, I got some flying in last weekend. Did you? Yeah, nothing nothing crazy. Yeah? Just, uh, yeah, testing some goodies. Oh, yeah. So I do have a little bit of uh, kind of a co- some coolness here. Um, I have been, I mentioned it a while back, but I've kind of kept it a little bit quiet on purpose because uh, I w- wanted to see how it went before I spoke up. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I've been flying the Spin Blades, 700 Matte Blacks. Yeah. Uh, for a bit now, actually a little more than a bit, and man, I love them. <laughs> really? Yeah, I I I found my blade for 2013 without like hands down, definitely. What do you, what are you liking about them, man? What, tell us what you like. They're these things are so aggressive. I mean, they are just they've got attitude. There, we were actually me and Justin were having this discussion. I I kept saying, man, they're just. They're such a fast blade. And he said, okay, what's fast? And then, well, actually, he said, well, now, they can't be faster than any other because, you know, speed is a relative to the... Like, no, 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 no. You laid that physics smack hey, down on you. By the way, thanks for the um, the flattering voice impression. That <laughs> yeah, you yeah that's, a, that's real good. That was real, that was real point <laughs> Dexter of you. I like well, that. Well, I need... Yeah, I know. I guess that was... Well, I feel like I could do... I mean, if I gave you a Scottish one, it would take away from the the math joke. So no, okay. I agree. Oh, it, it was it was appropriate, okay. <laughs> if not <Yeah>. slightly offensive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what friends are for. Uh, yeah. Um, no, but you know, like when I reference a fast blade, they're they're very fast on the cyclic. Uh, they're very responsive. Um, they're a wider cord blade, a little bit lighter. Yeah. So they've got a lot of collective bite to them. And a lot of bark and a lot of pop out of them. Uh, so the nice part has been that surprisingly, they they auto fantastic, and, and um, it was kind of a joke. I was out at the field the other day, and I heard you know a couple guys pulled up, and I was just getting ready to walk out there um, with my whiplash, and and I started flying, and I could hear you could just hear from the background noise that they were not. Um, not familiar with helicopters. So they were doing the ooh, ah, holy cow thing. And I'm like, all right, well, hey, why not? I'll come in. I'll just shoot an auto. Um, feeling a little spunky. So I thought, all right, we'll whip out a nice inverted, you know, little acrobatic auto here at the end. Well, <laughs> I hit throttle hold, came up over the top. I always do kind of like a big vertical S at the top. So I come up over the top, hit throttle hold. And apparently at some point, I just forgot that I was doing an auto. Uh-oh. Like, it never really crossed my mind. It's like my brain wasn't thinking, okay, you got to do this, you got to do this. So I'm coming down, I'm hauling. I, I had my collective in the right spot. Well, I popped it down low on the deck and did my first, I've, I've never done this, uh, full triple peril flip auto. Wow. So I got in... Uh, three 360-degree peros as I was pero flipping it back over and then landed it. And right 
as I was doing like the last pyro and I saw the blades really slow down, then I went, oh, dude, that was an auto. <laughs> like it didn't even click. I was just about ready to feed in the positive and start taking back off again. Oh, <laughs> oh it was that bad, huh? Oh, yeah. No, I, I actually completely forgot that I was shooting an auto. Wow. Which was cool because nice. I think that's what gave me the confidence to do it. Yeah. You know, it was just that I, there was no, there was no fear in this whatsoever. In my mind, I was just basically bringing it down from a big, you know, kind of a big nose down dive and going to continue with pirouetting flips after I popped it off the deck in the bottom. That's what was happening in my mind. But then I saw the blade slow down and kind of shook my head and went, go, go, oh God, you better land. <laughs> so going back to it, the blade, the blades are awesome. <laughs> nice. So they were amazed, I would imagine. You, you got it down safely, though. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. no, it was perfect. Nice. Like, it landed perfect. And it was the energy, um, uh, you know, they retain energy really well. So I was happy. And after flying them now for a while, um, got to talking with the owner, uh, Mark Trotman, and have gone ahead and joined the Spin Blades team. Wow. Yeah. So I'm I'm very excited. Should be getting some red tips uh, here shortly. Which for us here in the Northwest, with the amount of cloud cover that we have mm -hmm. a lot, um, I, I will probably prefer the red tips because they're a mostly white blade and just some reds on the tip. White tends to show up a little bit better. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I think the the part I'm most excited about is I don't have to screw around with blades this year. I just know what I'm going to go back to and. I know that sounds really weird because it's like, well, you could, you could just choose one. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you have to deal with a with a sponsorship to to stay with the same one. But it's it, it's like that. It's that tweaker's curse, you know, where, where <laughs> it's well, you crash and it's like, oh, I gotta buy a new set of blades. Well, why would I buy the same set that I had before when I could try another? Oh one? man. And it just, it never ends. Yeah. It never ends. Yeah. And with with where I'm at and the, the projects that we've got going on right now, which, you know, we'll know more about a little later in the year, uh, I, I need consistency out of everything. So I'm kind of mainstreaming a lot of stuff just for this summer. And, and yeah. So anyway, super excited about that. Awesome, dude. Yeah. Anything nice. else going on this week? Uh, you know. No, that's I don't about think it. So. I think that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, and that leaves us with Jesse. Man, I'm gonna let you down this week. Uh -oh. I have not been what? flying. I don't have a single flight in. I didn't. I had other other stuff to do last Saturday, and then Sunday the wind was just blowing, probably thirty thirty five. So, but you're coming up on spring break though. So I am. So I'm you're gonna make you know, up for sitting it. here getting ready here tomorrow. Being yeah, so heading home tomorrow being Saturday. Back to uh, Bellingham and hopefully get some flying in with Nick. So, well, guys, be good. But yeah, other than that, I haven't touched my helis all week. So, hmm. I have. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we know. I know. You're just. <laughs> I can we go. tell that this whole time you were listening, but you weren't really interested because it was like, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, oh guys, wait, I got this is my how many, week. How many did you get? Oh yeah, nothing. 
you got nothing on daddy <laughs> this week, baby. Yeah, Dan's like, this is my week. Everyone just everyone just <laughs> sit down. Just sit my down. My week. <laughs> yeah. One of these days, we're going to get a text from him with a picture of a tanker truck next to his heli. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God, you guys. First of all, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't like cold weather, and it's been a little cold, but I got to tell you what, we are moving into spring since last weekend, since like last Saturday, for the past week. There's only been one day when I haven't flown. It's been amazing. Like it's summer or something, man. It's not seriously. It's not been. It's not been. I mean, I haven't. It's not been like an all day thing because like it's been really shitty in the morning or whatever. And, but still, you know, you go to the field for a couple hours, whatnot. Um, yeah. you know, it's been overcast, and I've just decided that that doesn't matter anymore. That used to matter to me. Because we, you know, we don't get a lot of overcast weather here, except in the spring we do. You know, typically it's it's more wet weather. Uh, but we've got not we've not got any. Well, a few snow showers at night. It's gone by noon type stuff. And um, I've just been <laughs> wow. It's been a great week of flying. I'm not gonna lie, but I did have one mishap. I crashed this week. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. You know, he um. You know, we had that helicopter after Nick took a look at it over at uh, Washington. It was flying so good and doing nothing in particular. And all of a sudden, the motor the motor quit. No big deal. Started to auto down. And I did post a picture, and you can see this tr- this, this little tree. It's I don't know, <laughs> eight feet tall, maybe. That's well, a little taller than that, maybe. And there's like well, now it's a little tree. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's not eight feet tall anymore. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, there's there's like three or four of them right in the middle of the field just beyond the fence. I mean, like they're right up against the fence. So the helicopter quits over in that general vicinity and I just spin the tail around and I knew, I knew that I was close to the fence, but I, I was like, well, I'm going to clear it. I'm not worried about it. I was autoing down and I wasn't, I was just watching the helicopter. You don't think about trees when you never see these little trees because they're so small. And sure enough, coming down and just smack right into a tree Literally cut the top half of the tree off. And you can see it in the picture. There's two trees kind of right next to each other, maybe 10 feet apart. You can see what it used to look like as compared to what it looks like now. But there's something else about that, that particular area of the field. You guys might recall last fall I was doing an auto when I was just really starting to learn to do autos. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we were talking about how they end up flying, they end up landing way out there. Well, this was one of those those situations, l- way out there. And it just so happens that the tree that I hit, the fence post that you see in that picture, that's the very same fence post that I hit last <laughs> fall. So there's something about, there's a magnet right there. Uh, it draws in, in fact, uh, today we were talking about it, <laughs> and it seems that uh, one of the guys I was talking to says, there's something about that area. Whenever shit goes down, it goes down over there. But anyway, uh, broke the blades. That's about it. Uh, you know, didn't have a lot of energy because it was coming down in an auto. So, I mean, how far away from the where you're standing to fly is this fence tree area? Oh, 70 yards. Oh, geez. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> well, what are you doing this time? Escorting in an F sixteen or what? No, uh, this well, this time, no, this time the motor, you know, the motor quit where wherever it quits. I didn't really have much control over that. 
so I was just bringing it in because that's that's where it quit. And when it quit, I was only, oh, uh, yeah, I don't know, forty feet off the ground. So I, it was just kind of a this is where you're going to have to put it down situation. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one was just a doing an auto and totally was like, well, I know I'm a ways out there. It was right when you first start, and it was just way too far out. Did break the skids. And, of course, didn't have any skids. Uh, eventually did find some, and they showed up today, though. So, uh, put some F3, F3C skids. That's all I could find. Well, so here's the deal, dude. If you're going to keep crashing in that area, you need to plant more trees. Because well, <laughs> whether you believe it or not, that tree saved you. Well, you know what? No, I, di- I, I disagree with that. Because if that tree had not been there... I would have been right. I would have landed right within 20 feet of the field. I mean, I would have landed inside the field. I was coming back towards the field. Oh, you, so you were bringing it in tail in? No, no. I was bringing it in nose in. You're not, you don't, you're not following me. I, I think I do. So yeah, you basically, you okay. basically flew it nose in right into the tree. <laughs> well, in, in, the, in, the, awesome yeah, in, in the auto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this field yeah. is like rectangle, right? And I was at the, I guess it would be the east side. And that, that tree is on the west side of the field. And I was out over that field. I don't know how far out there. And it, that's when it quit. So I was autoing it, and I knew I had to come back. And so I was on my way back, and I actually had to kind of, you know, I flared it to get a lot of head speed, and then I tried to let it slide forward quite a ways because it needed to come forward. So I actually was picking up speed, forward speed, when it hit the tree. Had the tree not been there, <laughs> it would have been just a run-of-the-mill auto. And right did there. you did you see it coming like seconds before no. where you're oh. like you know what I'm gonna hit that tree? Well, I I did, but it was instant. It was like oh, there's a tree smack. I, I didn't. I had no. It, it totally caught me off guard. I, I didn't. I didn't even think about those trees. I didn't see them until it was like right there, and um, because they're, they're just they're so small, you just never really ever think about them. But big enough to bring a helicopter down i guess if you hit them yeah. yep so that aside like i said six gallons of nitro this week man <laughs> I think six he's gallons just of nitro through a 90 that's like that's like 42 flights that's actually that's really not a lot of flights in six days you think well okay yeah if you're flying for six days but that's a lot of flights dude yeah it is it is I mean, that even pales in comparison to Jesse's last week. Yeah, but if Jesse had six free days where he had no other obligations, he would have got a hell of a lot more than 40 <laughs> points in. I'm just saying. I, look, it was a lot of fun. I'm, I, I can't wait. Tomorrow, going out first thing in the morning. I ended up stripping nice. that helicopter down. Got the other one that I hadn't flown for a year flying. And by the way, let me tell you, that 3DS, that YS, uh, 3DS SR or SR 3DS, the newer one mm-hmm. that I have on this is such a nice motor. Love them. Oh, dude. The other one is just the the SR. Oh, gotcha. And um, so I had to kind of go through the whole, I had to reset this helicopter up. Called Nick at some ungodly hour said, dude, I can't remember how to wire this thing. I, I'm so Bad out of practice. I was up. <laughs> yeah. I could, I just, I was trying to wire this, this, perfect regulator and i'm like what? What? what it was just i was baffled i couldn't believe how much i'd forgotten over the course of 
not having to build a hundred flights. <laughs> <laughs> so after a quick reminder, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, it's all coming back. And I got it all together and, um, had to do the whole tuning thing. Had my notepad. Remember I was telling you guys about the PDF. Yep. Yep. Started off, but I got to yep. tell you, I found that with that 3ds, those starter settings were still way too lean, not way too lean, but pretty lean. So I had to rich and everything up the factory settings. Well, I don't know. Are those the factory settings, Nick, or is that just kind of your starting point? Um, no, I think they're the factory ones. Yeah, they were just too lean. I took it up, and it was just sounding like shit, and it was running really rough, and I landed it and put my, I mean, just had it up in the air for, I don't know, not very long at all, and I picked it up and put my finger on the back plate, and I was like, oh, my God, that's hot. Uh, the, It's probably, yeah, I bet you the... The Funtex pipes just seem to like a uh, a much richer. Well, this is the RJX pipe on this. Oh, God. Well, I don't know about that one. Uh, so far, I mean, I got a lot of flights in on it today. And I once I got it in the sweet spot, it was, man, it sounded amazing. It sounded better than my other one. It just pulled like a monster. Very happy with it. Excited to go flying tomorrow. Cool. Nice. That's, uh, that's about what I've been up to this week, guys. Flying and simming. Uh, yeah, I've been simming every day, dude. Dude, I've been simming every day. Uh, wait a minute. There might have been a day or two this week I didn't, but pretty much every night. In fact, I've been simming so much that my Mac is getting pissed off at me because it's been in Windows <laughs> for so long. <laughs> I mean, because I, I, it's, I, I just, I'm. Um, you know, now that the weather's better and I've been spending more time out in the trailer, uh, maintenance and all that good stuff, I, I'm not at the computer as much as as I am in the wintertime, so it just stays in Windows now, so I can come <laughs> in and sim. Until I need to do something that requires a computer, then I go back to Mac. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> do something, anything besides the same. Anything Constructive, yeah, yes. Yeah, then I go back to the Mac. Alrighty, guys. I think maybe we should go into some news now. What do you think? I think we should probably do some news. This is Pinion for HeliPros.com. You know, sometimes Pinion is out practicing his low-altitude crop circles, or maybe even some low-altitude smack with a little 3D thrown in for good measure. Or maybe even an epic skid bump, and things go awry. And I break a part or two on my precious heli. That is when I need HeliPros.com to come through for me, because not only do they have great prices, but they have the parts in stock and can deliver them quickly so that I can get back in the air as quickly as possible. And for this, Pinion is eternally grateful. Remember, my friends, HeliPros fly hard because HeliPros has the parts. Yes. All righty, guys, this week's news brought to you by helidaily.com your daily rc helicopter news magazine what do you got nick all right so phoenix has a new version out 4.0.n um a couple small updates nothing really that big uh there's some tuning parameters for the grasshopper model they fixed some smoke issues with the ray vmv 90 and the hangar 9 soku models um let's see fixed graphical collective pitch issues with the goblin and the blade blade 500 x and the radical g30 models and they fixed some uh, usb 3.0 port issues so 
you guys are on Phoenix, get that updated. Um, Bobby Watts put out a pretty interesting video. This was kind of completely random since he's been, you know, doing the Gowie thing. But um, he flew uh, Carrie Shirley's Fury 55 that Carrie had mocked up the OS GT15HZ gasser engine in. I'm not overly impressed, but, you know, there's there's just so many variables. You know, like, uh, A, you I, I don't think that Bobby was super comfortable flying it. I, it could be a completely oddball setup that he just wasn't, you know, totally comfortable in. The motor didn't sound like it was tuned to its potential. So I think it's kind of a little early to tell. I just, I hate to judge on one video, but it's cool to see people start, you know, that they're starting to mess around with this idea. Well, and and what's even harder, Nick, is that that comes on the heels of the the Century video. Yeah, last week. <laughs> uh, from last well, week's video. Which was just off the hook. Okay, but, so I've but got I, some more. You know, I do tend to agree with you. Bobby even said in the video... Uh, you know, I haven't flown this much, so I'm still not quite comfortable. And that does play a role in how aggressive, you know, he he wants to be. But still, overall, it just didn't sound and, and look like it had quite the pop of the Sentry video. Let me, no. add, let me add this, though. I think the target demographic for that kind of machine, I think it was uh, pretty good. I mean, considering the kind of pilot that might be looking... For a gasser, someone that's just looking oh, for exactly, yeah. Can you imagine a six hundred class gasser? I mean, that's not overly powerful, but I mean, you're talking the flight times on yeah. a six hundred. Oh, yeah. You you don't have the crash oh. cost of a seven hundred, but yet you can get the flight times. That it's like the learning machine of all time. Yeah. Twenty plus minute flights. Well, and it's a lot cheaper than nitro to buy so you're getting oh yeah cost savings in the fu- in the fuel cost savings in the crashes longer flight yeah, times yeah i just don't i don't think people give you know the potential for progression and learning you know you you have to give a platform like this a, a lot of credit yeah. i mean you know especially the the thing that i like about the GT15 it might not be the power but it's it's like a glorified nitro-looking motor. Yeah. So y- you don't have to. It's like it's a gasser, but it's kind of not. So it, it just it really kind of plays into what people are really accustomed to already. You know? I mean, I, I don't know. I yeah, just it's really a plug-and-play it. replacement for, a, for an OS 90. Yeah. So you're, you're not committed to, like, this is a gasser heli now forever. Right. You know, um, yeah, and and back to that. So I got a little bit more information on that Century video. Uh, Carrie actually posted this up. It's what they did. It the base model is a Radical Thirty V two, mm-hmm. and it's running the HWC twenty nine three D Extreme Pro motor set. Yep. It, here's the kicker, though. They shrunk the heli down. They used a shorter tail boom and some gearing changes. And it was on Rotortech 640 mains. I, I knew it had to be on some 600 class. It was too fast. Um, <laughs> the and then they put the Century 50 rotor head on it. You know to get those uh, 
to get those blades to all bolt up and everything. And there's been, I think it was right around in the 22 to 2300 head speed range. I mean, basically, they've taken and and like shortened a ninety. I actually talked to Carrie Shirley yesterday about that. Oh, really? And apparently, they dropped a ton of weight off that helicopter. And uh, oh, they would have to. Yeah, and uh, yeah. do you know what they're going to call it? What they're going to call it? The OMG radical. Really? <laughs> yeah. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, I heard that from. From Peter himself of, of Century. That's what they're huh. that's what they're gonna call it, dude. The OMG. But ride. are they gonna? Because they were talking about like this whole fuel flight time thing. That thing was set up for like four minute flights. But is it just for the videos or, you know? Because one thing I heard was like, well, yeah, they're just ditching a bunch of fuel weight. To try and help, and then what's the point? It defeats the whole purpose of a gasser if you're only getting four or five minutes right, flights. Right, right, And then other people were saying, no, 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 no. He had just, like, he landed halfway through a flight, and then they started the video, and then he did it. Well, I I think that that for that particular video, that heli was very purposefully set up, just mm-hmm. so people could see, you know, redefine the gasser yeah. capability. Idea. Well, and even oh, and if it, it does bring the flight time from 20 minutes on a 600 down to 10, it's still awesome. I mean, you get oh, the power and oh, the agility and the cheap and, and you 20 still cent get flight. The to- yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't I don't I disagree that, you know, with people saying that invalidates the point of it being a gasser, even if it was the same flight time and had comparable power, it's cheaper. And it smells like hot dogs. <laughs> unless uh you know unless you're actually burning gas in it no <laughs> hence the yeah well why would you yeah, want to I mean, do that why would you, you want to do that dude i don't know it's only called a gasser i don't know no i don't know no. <laughs> blasphemy that's what i'd do if i had a gasser i'd be burning gas in it i don't know that must be because yeah. you don't keep your helis anywhere near the house i keep them in my trailer dude that's where See? they belong in the trailer I don't have a trailer, dude. I got a garage. <laughs> well, you, you, you don't keep your car in the garage or what? What's the deal with that? No, actually, I don't. <laughs> There's no <laughs> room because keep it's the helis in the garage. It's my heli. It's my heli room, dude. Nice. Dude, he couldn't even get an RC car in his garage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so uh, there is a whole mirage of new helis that are like. Uh, pictures that are coming out now. So we've got the HD 500, so low 500 class heli, very, very, very unique design to it. it it's, it looks very kind of goblin-ish with some goofy-looking skids on the bottom. But hey, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to judge. <laughs> so we've got the HD 500. Then there is. The, let's see, the RJX, which, I mean, what's up with these freaking names, people? All right. The RJX Extreme 600 EP Fly Barless. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Uh-huh. So it looks like RJX is trying to, they're trying to weasel their way back in the game. And I know you're going to buy one. Dave. No. No, I'm not. <laughs> not yeah, after he sees what it looks like. <laughs> He's not going to buy one because he already did. 
<laughs> the uh, RJX, why it was a gasser. I mean, you know, RJX by all, I guess, their nitro and electric platforms, whatever, uh, their gasser was just not a good idea. But they've been happy. I mean, RJX is kind of like JR in the fact that they've been making, I mean, I remember watching two years ago, like an RJX nitro, I think, or maybe it was an electric, like watching a video of a guy that was, you know, practicing for 3D Masters. And there was, like, at the, where, where do you get this helicopter at? Dude, there are no RGX distributors in the United States. Now, this might have changed. It, you you have to go to their webpage, and you have to sign, you have to create an account, and you buy directly from RGX in China. Oh, okay. Mm. Gotcha. Well, yeah. So, and then Beam is going to, which this is kind of a little weird, too. Beam is going they're doing a version 2 of their 600 that they released that like I don't even hardly know if anyone bought. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe it had some problems. Well, that one guy wanted another version, so they went ahead and accommodated <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the one guy had too many complaints. They, they went ahead and accommodated him. Kind of like that one guy that has that uh <laughs> that uh, that uh, epic MD whatever they call that thing that, that one guy that bought that one. <laughs> <laughs> and that one guy okay, talks I'm to himself even, by the way i just thought it, yeah i'm not even gonna get started <laughs> on that so uh K- kde put out um one of their freaking sweet looking uh dual pivot tail pitch slider upgrades they did this now for the goblin um uh-huh. i've got one on my 700 love it just the, the it's like the sweetest tail setup possible you can just pound the flights out on it, no slop, great setup. So if you are a goblin owner, definitely be looking to check that out. All right, okay. I have to take a deep breath for this one. Big news of the week? <laughs> is this the big one of the week? This is the big Yeah, this is this is the big one of the it's, week. I can tell oh. it's 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 requiring a an immense energy battery charge yeah. up here to tell us all about it. No, you see what I have to do is I have to I have to brush the dirt and the dust away from the line so that I know exactly how far over that line I'm going to go. <laughs> you just, oh, just got to get a good visual on it. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I need yeah. to get a good visual. Man, you, so, you got me intrigued um, here. What's up? Okay, so to to start it, this this isn't the big news, but it kind of ties into it. Um, I, I'm going to butcher his name. Um, Korowich Thongshri? Nice. Thongshri. I think that's his last name. Um he resigned from CJYE, so Team Rave. Okay. Uh, which is a bummer. I know I've kind of kept up with him. Amazing pilot. This dude's got skills, yo. <laughs> uh the kind of the bummer with this is he's he's really kind of like the the last big name pilot for for Curtis. Which leads into <sighs> the Introduction <laughs> video. <laughs> I cannot the wait to do it without video laughing. For the officially named Stingray from Curtis Youngblood Enterprises, which is the uh, yeah the 3D quad, which is now called the Stingray. Oh, mother of God! I. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> I you know I. 
This this hurts my heart. I gotta. It, it hurts my heart. I cannot wait Deep down inside. I cannot wait to read these texts to people. Yeah. The, <laughs> go ahead. Do you I have do, them there? I do. I have them right here. Okay. Go so ahead. Nick, uh, since we we group text amongst the four of us pretty much constantly, and um, Nick mentions to the four of us that he just saw the Stingray video, and I said, um, "Well, I have to watch that when I get home." And he says. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> he says uh, uh he says don't bother it's like <laughs> <laughs> i gotta get through this okay <clears throat> you got this you you can do I it i got this all right <laughs> okay all right don't bother it's like, it's like watching arnold <laughs> it's like watching arnold palmer play putt-putt golf with a serious look on his face. <laughs> That's not it. There's more. <laughs> that was just the beginning. Yeah. And so I just got to do respond with an LOL. And then I'm I'm uh, at the field today and while this is going on and and I'm wrenching around on a helicopter and I hear my phone ding. And just, you know, unsolicited, <laughs> I get another text. It says, it's like watching Celine Dion sing karaoke. (laughs) A few seconds go by, and another ding on my phone. And it says, it's like watching Mickey Mantle play (laughs) T-ball. Oh, I, that brought a lot of, a lot of smiles to a lot of faces today when I was reading that text to people at the field. It's just, you know... (laughs) It's so sad. It's so sad. Yeah. I just hate it. Yeah. I've got so much respect for Curtis. And and I mean, I'm, I'm pitching him. <laughs> I'm kind of dogging on him here, but I mean, he he's the man. I, I just, I look up to him so much and all that he's done for the hobby. And I just, God damn. Just kind of. I hate to see him go out like this. That's, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with, with a stingray. Uh, yeah, he's like the he's like the crocodile hunter, <laughs> death by You went there too. I, I jumped way over there. We go over the line. <laughs> yeah, you should have taken a little closer look at that line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> Send all the hate mail to uh, yes. Dan. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and send it to me. I'll forward it off <laughs> to Nick. Oh, that's funny okay. shit. I'm good. I think that we should, uh, I should not do news anymore. <laughs> all righty. This week's, anybody else got any news before I move us out of it? No followers to that? Uh, it just goes yeah, silent. here. <laughs> no talking points this week, no? Nope. No. Alrighty, guys. Well, this week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. You know, guys, one of the best things about being in our position is the ability to give back to our listeners. And lucky for us, Gen's Ace Batteries shares the same ideas. Just for you, they're offering a 10% discount code on all their batteries. That's right, guys. So head over to www.hobbyparts.com 
Enter in the code RCHN10 at checkout to get that 10% discount on your next order. So I want to tell you guys about a package that showed up this week that I'm pretty excited about. Um, you guys, if you guys, especially you Hellie for you guys, you might remember a while back, it's been a long time ago. Well, not so long ago, I guess. A guy gets on Heli Freak and he says, "Hey, I'm thinking about starting a company, and I'm I'm working with 99 Designs. I think the name of the company is, and they're going to help me make a logo. And I want you guys to tell me what they think." Well, anyway, comes up with the logo, starts a company. It's called Random Heli, and he got in touch with us because he just started this whole outfit, and he's starting with these clamp uh, uh, skid clamps. He sent uh, he sent me out some to try. Sweet. Dude, that is the craziest thing because I got a PM from one of our listeners on our forums uh, saying, have you guys seen these? These are really cool. Check them out. Yeah. And look, Hmm. so first of all, I'm going to do as much of a review on these as I can. I have taken a few pictures. I put some up on Facebook so you can kind of see what they look like. You can go to their webpage at uh, randomheli.com. And check them out. They're 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 nice. Let me start. I've already seen one comment about this. They're exp- they're kind of expensive. This guy's like, it'll cost me a, about a hundred bucks to secure my four helis. Well, let's think about this for a minute. Especially in my situation. Now, it, I guess it depends upon how you transport your helis. My helis sit on a on a ledge that is anywhere. The first ledge, I believe, is four feet high maybe three and a half. The next ledge is five and a half feet ish high. And it's just, it's just a shelf in a trailer bouncing down the road. I'll go through great pains to secure these helis, especially when I make these long trips. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, I came up with this archaic, albeit effective way. I took a U-bolt, sliced it into a hook, some wing Mm -hmm. nuts, drilled some holes, and I just hook onto the skids, right? And I got to sit there and twist up, you know, all four corners. Works great. It does. It works great. So I got these skids, and they're super easy to install. They're these skid clamps. And you, you essentially just put them on the heli, put the heli wherever you want it, mark the holes, drill some pilot holes, and screw them in. And they're just, they're, they're hinged. And they... um they work great and they're, they seem like they're going to last a while, but back to the comment of the cost, we're talking 28, 25 ish bucks to secure your $2,000 helicopter. Yeah. Come on guys. Sounds pretty reasonable. You know, and here's the beauty, uh, you know, there, there were some other clamps that were kind of circulating around. I remember seeing some in like 2009, I don't even remember what they were called. I, the first time I saw him, I was looking at a photo of Burt Cameron's vehicle at the time, and he had them, and they they weren't even as nice. They were just kind of a friction fit. Um, these are actually clamped in with a little hook. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it it they were great. You you can just when you lay the helicopter into the clamps. 
it, it actually is a kind of a friction fit initially. They just work really well. You can hang them on the wall. And I got to tell you, the screws that come with these things, I could probably hang Nick with one of them. There's that, they're that <laughs> beefy. I mean, they're, they're big. I mean, I'm sure they're way over rated for what you would need for hanging a helicopter, but you can hang them anywhere. You can hang them in any position, uh, right from the skids. You know, you don't have to worry about the, the tail rubbing up against the, the wall. If you want to hang it on the wall. And how many, how many clamps are you using per heli? I'm using four. Um, okay. So two per, per skid tube then. Uh, yeah, you could get you if you were hanging them on a wall. I would only use two, to be honest with you. And then just have something for the vertical fender rest on, so it doesn't. Yeah, well, I guess that's true. You would because it would bounce from the bottom. It would probably go down and hit the wall. So over time, it would probably wear. Well, if you no, if you put it, I would imagine four would be ideal uh, in yeah. any position. But, um, but they come in sets of two, and um, they're, they're, anyway, don't want to go into too much detail because you guys are gonna. I'm gonna do a written review this week. And uh, next week I'll share some more and uh, post up some pictures so you guys can see those. Uh, thanks to Random Heli for sending those out. I'm starting to see them everywhere. I don't know if you guys have noticed, uh, they're everywhere. <laughs> so yeah. uh, it's yeah. it's kind of a neat thing. Uh, also, too, guys, yesterday recorded a segment with Carrie Shirley. So nice. we're going to go ahead and play that Sweet. now. This is the second Carrie Shirley segment, Gasser segment. So enjoy that. We'll be right back. Hey guys, Carrie Shirley here from gaspoweredthoughts.com again. This time I want to talk about how to get started with a gas-powered helicopter. You know, I've really been pushing a lot about why you should uh, why you should try one of these, but I think there's times when you really shouldn't have a gas helicopter. And uh, let me start by going over what those are. If you can't fly a model helicopter at all in, in any form, I don't think you should try to start off with a gas-powered helicopter. They're more complex. They're more expensive. They're going to be uh, damaged more when you crash them. I just don't think it's a good thing to try uh, to learn to fly with one. Now, if you've got no fuel experience whatsoever, but you can fly a helicopter, I'd still prefer you not get a gas helicopter unless there's someone locally who can help you with it. There's a big difference between a gas-powered helicopter and a glow-fuel-powered helicopter. And obviously, there's a difference between uh, electric and glow. So it's, it's just a big leap. I'd prefer that you wait until you've had some fuel experience before you get involved with gasoline. Again, unless there's somebody local in which case, it, it's fine. They'll get you going, and you already know how to fly the model, so it'll be fine. I think that's, uh, that's some good guidance for whether or not you should start off with one. But say you've decided to get one. What do you do now? Do you get a ready-for-gas model, or do you get one of the conversions? They're both available, and there's more of each than there have ever been since I've been involved. So what I want to do is talk about the two different types and uh, some of the advantages and disadvantages. Maybe give you some insights that'll help, uh, help you make a decision. Let me start off with the ready-for-gas models. Basically, these are, these are kits that they're designed to be gas helicopters. It's all in the box. It's got complete directions and support. Uh, sometimes they have uh, engines with the kit. You know, it's basically ready to put together. You don't have to uh, look for extra parts or do anything. It's ready to go. What you'll find is 
it's usually a more expensive kit, and the parts are usually more expensive as well from some of the conversions. But you've got multiple choices. I mean, miniature aircraft make something, Century makes several, Bergen makes several, JR makes a couple, Vario makes a couple, and it looks like TSA is even going to make one here with the new Infusion. What you'll find is they're both the heaviest models that you can get and the lightest models you can get because some of them were designed to be really light. You can be assured that they've been designed and tested as a complete unit. They support multiple motor types. If you're familiar with the Zenoa line, there's both the PUH and the RC format. And depending on which kit you get from which manufacturer, it may use one or the other. One of the things that's kind of unique about the Ready for Gas models is they have their own unique style because in most cases the manufacturer has made a canopy for it or a paint scheme or something that's particular to that model so it'll have a unique style to it whereas the conversions are generally based on a donor model so it's going to look like whatever that donor you know looks like so let me talk about uh, the conversions now they all require a donor model whether it's a T-Rex, a Raptor, a Stratus, one of the TZ models, you're going to need both a donor model and you're going to need a conversion kit. Some of these conversions are more complete than others. Some of them have virtually everything you need to do the conversion. Some of them you got to buy some extra parts. It, it, it's really up to you. Either way will work, but you just need to be aware of that. They tend to be heavier than some of the ready-for-gas models because it's a conversion. They're taking an existing model and basically changing its nature, and some of the parts are, are heavier than they are on the ready-for-gas models. Not that that's uh, the end of the world, something you be, need to be aware of. Some of them have complete building instructions. Some don't. It can be more expensive. It really depends on the donor model. All around... Uh, the same price. Most of these conversions, $350 to $400. Uh, but you'll find that the parts are usually less expensive because most of the donor models are T-Rexes. And the parts for T-Rexes, as we know, are really cheap. So if you're, if you're building a conversion that's based on a T-Rex, you know, you're going to get the same pricing on the, most of the expendables because the, the main parts of the conversions uh, normally don't tear up unless you really plow it into the ground. Some of these have been tested more than others. Most all of them work really well. Once again, you're going to find that there's multiple motor types. Both the PUH and RC format motors are supported. Almost all of them. In fact, they all use the canopy from the donor model. So, you know, if you've converted a T-Rex 700, your T-Rex 700 canopy is going to fit on it. It may not fit all that well. It, it may not look right, but it'll still fit, and it'll still look like your T-Rex 700. And there are more of these on the way. It's, uh, it's really been an interesting time for gas helicopters. More people are working on conversions, and more people are working on ready-for-gas kits. So if this is an area that interests you, you're going to have even more choices pretty soon. Regardless of whether you pick a ready-for-gas or a conversion model, you're going to find that when you set them up properly, they both work about the same and they work well. And you can expect to have about the same total investment in either one of them. 
because whether you've gotten the, the kit and built it or you've gotten a donor model and converted it, you're going to have about the same amount of money, especially with all the electronics. The real delimiter might be the parts. You know, obviously, if you're looking at something based on a T-Rex, those, those prices are, are pretty cheap. So my advice is make your choice. And if you don't have any gas experience, get some help in person or online. You can visit uh, Gas Powered Thoughts or you can visit rchelynation.com where we're always trying to help. So this is Kerry Shirley saying thanks for listening to another Gas Powered Thoughts segment on rchelynation.com. All right, guys, that was Kerry Shirley. Uh, look for his segment every about once a month. We actually recorded a couple of them this time, so we, we might play one in a few weeks. He, he's reared up. He's excited. He he says, I got more than one today, so I'm thinking that uh, he's he's getting into it. He's going to want to record more, which is a good thing. We, anytime Kerry Shirley wants to share with us, we're going to play that. Okay, so we just talked a little bit about the Stingray. And... There's been a, a there was a thread on our forum. Uh, Nick actually started it, and it's and I think we we had mentioned it a few shows back, and I just mentioned it at the beginning of this show, and it has to do with um, the whole government getting involved, essentially trying you know deciding whether or not they're going to regulate what we do based on the recent, I guess, it's not really a new thing. People have been doing this for a while, but apparently it's getting to the point now where where idiots in Washington hmm. are taking notice. And I have some concerns. And I don't, I might upset some people because I know there's a lot of helicopter guys that just thoroughly enjoy this whole, I'm not into the for, to the FPV stuff. I'm not into it. Um, and you know, I, it's, I, and you can't really just say quads because you can put a FPV system on pretty much anything, right? We, we know that. Yep. But generally speaking, the quads lend themselves to the platform of choice for this kind of thing, right? Stable, easier to fly, that kind of thing. I watched a, a video on YouTube and, um, it's a guy from uh, New Zealand. Uh, I want to say RC Review or something to that effect. I can't can't remember. Watch the YouTube video today. And he went, he, he's going on and on and on. And he starts making some arguments. I mean, I agree with the concept. I agree with the idea that, that we as a community, quads, FPVers, plankers, helis, you know, free flight, static line, we all need to kind of band together, but here's where I'm, I, I kind of, I don't know. My issue is this. It's like, if, if there's one segment of the community that is potentially threatening to affect every segment of the community, can you please segregate yourself a little bit? Because I don't like the idea that and I'm not saying that the government's right. I'm not saying that these idiots are right. They're not right. But we got to look at this realistically. Okay? They, they're they not going to distinguish. 
They're not going to distinguish between my 700, Nick's 700, Jesse's Compass, and, and Justin's Whiplash. They're not going to distinguish those helicopters. And my buddy Larry, his, his Edge, they're not going to distinguish. They're not going to make a distinction between those machines and an FPV machine. So what's going to happen is they're going to take this big, wide paintbrush and they're going to make one swath right across the hobby. And we're going to have regulation that is going to affect our hobby. You know, I want to get back to the arguments this guy was making. You know, he was talking about people. Okay, so first of all, you know, we people are talking about privacy. Everybody has the right to a reasonable amount of privacy. Now, don't if you if you're gonna stand up and try to defend this this FPV stuff, don't start telling or don't start making arguments to say, well, what about the Google car? Well, you know what? If the Google car is driving on a public street and your house is visible from the public street, that's a reasonable, that should be acceptable that someone on the public street might get a picture of you in your front yard. If you don't want them to get a picture of you in your front yard, then you'll hang out in the back. So don't use arguments like, well, I could stand over my yard and I could put a camera on a broomstick and push it over your yard. No, you can't. That's illegal. That's that's unrealistic. And the point is, is it, you know, we, if you guys are gonna, if you're going to have this FPV stuff, that's going to affect all of us. Don't you guys think that we should segregate these guys? Yeah, it- and uh, you know, I think so. I I agree with a lot of what you're saying, Dan. And what frustrates me more is that. A lot of times the stories that get the largest spotlight that we hear about in the hobby are are stories about people who aren't even going about it the right way. And and I want to make that distinction because there are a lot of people that are doing the FPV thing above board, as it were. Um, I mean, we all know there there's still there's a lot of churn on regulations in the government and, you know, they're committing to get uh, some sort of a system in place to be able to do all of this commercially by 2015. But if we're just talking amateurs in the hobby having fun, there are a lot of guys out there that go by the books. You know, they they get their ham license so that they can actually transmit Uh, on the frequencies that are necessary to see this video in real time they go out and learn how to fly the quad that sort of a thing or or they have previous experience it's the ones who um you know get a hold of a uh an ar drone from the mall fall in love overnight and then go and spend all their money to get all this set up and don't think to look at what it takes to actually do this sort of a thing what are the rules and regulations flight ceilings privacy stuff all of that and so they go and do something stupid like fly over a skyline or look at someone in their window it gets out in the local news and before you know it we hear about it and you're right that's what the politicians are going to see yeah they won't they will not see how big and impactful and and positive this hobby is or the fixed wing hobby 
or any of the air aircraft type related hobbies, they're going to see a couple of idiots screwing it up for everyone else. And they will take their uh, take, like you said, their wide paintbrush, their cricket bat and just beat us to death with it. And I kind of want to I want to emphasize one point. I mean, I, I just kind of I went into, you know, that little monologue where I was just kind of going off. But look, it, it boils down to this. So these these guys, they're talking about creating some type of organization. And first of all, frankly, I question the effectiveness of the AMA when it comes to this, because I'm reading, I read through a bunch of articles today and all I read, all, all, all I could find was the AMA telling us what's about to happen. I didn't see any proactiveness in these articles. Does that, does that make sense? I didn't see an action plan. What are they going to do to make sure that this, this regulation doesn't affect us all? Well, it seems like whenever they get started on something, it's like the following week, some D-bag, you know, video comes out where someone just completely, it's like they just completely destroy all everything that they've been working toward. Like, the, yep. you know, the deal over there with that, that big quad that was reported by the, uh, by the pilot, you know, three, four miles outside the airport. Which I question. I question that. You know, I question everything these days, but it doesn't. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't question the fact of if he didn't see it, then why is he even talking about it? Well, he's talking about it because this stuff is in the news. And yep. why did it make it in the news? Well, it made it in the news because someone at some point did something really stupid. Yeah, and, and there's yeah. there was a wasn't there? I don't know if it was last year or the year before. Some asshat almost had a. I mean, he flew his RC plane like right into the path of another. I mean, it was really close. I mean, it was on video. Yeah, you're well, right. It, it was Black Sheep that started it. I don't There's know. a group called Black Sheep. They're, I think they're out of Europe, Justin. Yeah, they're, I think they are a European group. They're the, you know, the, the rowdy boys of the FPV, long distance. Uh, Super hardcore. Hardcore FPV. I mean, these guys are cranking up. Oh, you know what? Serious wattage. I've seen some of these videos. Yes. Yeah, yep. and they're. I mean, they're they're great at what they do. Um, but unfortunately, you bring your setups into downtown New York, and you fly around through airspace and all that. Guess what? I mean, that wasn't even our. That wasn't even us. That wasn't even you know the American community, and that's. I mean, that is the, the one snowball that just started this massive avalanche. And, you know, the big thing that I, that upsets me personally the most is the, the cinematography portion of it. I mean, it, it's so sad to, to see all these companies that were doing this and, and putting food on their family's table. I mean, they're out there with their Octos or their Hexas carrying around, you know, digital reds underneath them, doing filming for, for films that we watch. Yeah. I mean, movies that come out, they're, they're way more environmentally friendly than hiring a full scale. They're cheaper to go. They have less noise pollution. It's just all around way, way better for the film industry. And these guys, I mean, it's so fun. I don't want a drone up there looking in my backyard. I don't think you guys get 
the second yeah. these things come off the ground, they're making money. They do not care what your wife looks like in her bathing suit in the backyard. They're there to make money. I, I just, that sucks because those were the people that did it right. I mean, they had more safety implemented because they can't run the risk with a $10,000 camera hanging under it. Yeah, that's it's their just business. Not worth it. Yeah, it's a <laughs> yep. business. It's a They're way They're not going to risk losing money. And they were the ones that really, truly lost the most out of all of this. When it boils right down to it, Nick, you're right. The The people that are affected, the people that are going to be affected the most are probably the people that are actually the most proficient at this because they're not risking their $10,000 cameras. You know, they safety is utmost with these guys. They secure the area. They make sure that there's no unnecessary anything mm-hmm. in the way, this kind of thing. But see, the people who make the laws, they don't care about that. I know. And that's what's so sad. I mean, that's, God, that's just so yeah. messed up. So there is one thing that this guy from, from on this video that I watched, I mentioned, uh, did talk about, which I kind of almost, I can fully support. Now, I, I, I honestly, I know I joke about it all the time that I don't like quads. And I, and I know that I'm lumping quads into this, but in my mind, and right or wrong, in my mind, that's what I think of when I think of uh, you know FPV stuff. Just I know it's not accurate 100%. That being said, some type of organization, global, I don't know, just the states, I don't know, some type of organization that comes together and they they kind of do what the AMA has done. They agree on a standard because what it's going to take is it's going to take us proactively as the hobby, as a group of hobbyists, proactively showing these idiots in Washington that don't give a shit about you know us flying our 500s on the weekend. They don't care about those people who are concerned about safety. They just see some crazy ass idiot doing some crazy ass stunt and they lump everybody into one group. So if this organization could get together, come up with some kind of a standardized system of how these are to be operated. Is there a special licensing or is there some regulatory committee that oversees who and what is doing this and, and kind of proactively, you know, self regulating. Because if we don't, as a hobby, regulate this and get on it, those idiots in Washington that don't want to distinguish between a helicopter and a plank and a quad and a FPV, FPV, they will do it for us. And they will not be nice about it. Because everybody's going to be lumped into one group. And guess what? When I go to fly on the weekend, I'm probably going to have to have some kind of a license. My helicopter's probably going to have to have a permit on it. Well, so here, here's the, I got a couple of points, Dan. Um, for, you know, Nick mentioned commercial uh, people, people who do this for money, for their living, videoing and aerial photography. The government is actually working on a regulation plan for that. And as I mentioned, it's, I think they committed to getting it in effect by, September of 2015, and right now they've got early release programs for, uh, you know, 
uh, fire department, search and rescue, you know, police departments, that sort of a thing. And then the the commercial users will get it further on. So there is the government's going to regulate it just like everything else. If the government sees a way to make money off of it, they're going to yeah. regulate it. The the AMA. I mean, I got a, a couple of things on the AMA. So for one, yeah, I, I agree. Outwardly, it can appear as if they're not trying to do anything. And that's just because, uh, you know, every time they take one step forward, some moron goes and shits the bed in front of national television and it sets us back. But there are rules and have been new rule updates to how to do FPV flying with AMA under the AMA guidelines. But here's the thing. How many people out there right now that fly helis or fixed wings? How, how many of them do you think a know the AMA guidelines not pertaining to FPV? We're just talking standard flying and B, how many of them actually follow it? That's a good so point. It, it's it's a difficult thing to enforce and and putting a rule set in place is certainly a good first step because in the eyes of the government, they see, hey, this community is coming together and trying to do something that is going to better the entire community and regulate the community. But there's still a lot of interpretation, right or wrong, of the rules and then just blatant disregard. I, I, I can appreciate that. I really can. And I guess I guess. And I'm really torn on this issue because I, I uh, one aspect, I, I feel this way and then all of a sudden I'm feeling this way. But I guess when it really boils down to it, what I'm asking, I'm asking for those people that are into this part of the hobby that I'm not into. So it's it's really a selfish thing on my part. I'm asking these guys to separate themselves and to start this regulation and, and make it happen because what you do, what you do as an FPVer, that's going to affect my hobby. So that, that's kind of what I'm asking, guys. I, I just I know that it, it's not realistic, and I know it's selfish. And and I want to make another point is, uh, I just I don't I don't have any disdain for the FPVers. I want them to enjoy their hobby. I want them to, I mean, it's their hobby, but I it bothers me to my core that something that is associated with my hobby threatens my hobby at the, to this point. It just feels wrong to me. You know what I mean? I know I'm, I'm a selfish bastard. What can I say? No, cause it, I don't think it's being selfish because it is wrong. It shouldn't affect what we do, yeah. but it's, you know, it's like go back six years ago and say that the whole you know, the whole ricer tuner street racing crowd didn't affect real racing. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, but it, it, and, and that's kind of like what this is. And it's just, it's going to happen and something, it'll end up cracking down. And, you know, I mean, well, I really believe that it'll be okay in the end. It's just not going to be a fun road it, to go down. I, you and know I what? don't, well, envy their position though i, I do agree not with you. envy that position. i agree with you completely nick i think in the end it's all going to be okay what i don't like about it is the because anytime the government starts talking about well what are you what are you doing over there you know anytime the government says that to me in any aspect i get nervous it doesn't matter taxes 
doesn't matter. I, yeah. and anytime the government takes interest in what I'm doing, I get nervous. <laughs> you know, I, you know. First of all, the guy, the guy again, the video I'm just talking about. The guy made some really good points. Please, guys, for you FPVers out there, and I'm sure anyone listening to this understands this. Don't ever refer to your machine as a drone to anybody. Yeah. Because like the guy, yeah. and he pointed out in the video, when I, when, when, I, when I hear the word drone, I think these big ass things that are firing like tomahawks. Reapers. Yeah. That's you know? what I think yeah. of as a reaper. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, don't, let's not be doing that. I don't know that there is anybody doing that. But, and, and another thing too, if you happen to be an FPVer and you have an opportunity to educate somebody in the public, do it. Take that opportunity. If someone... Don't be annoyed if somebody comes up like, you know, we hear the stories. Oh, God, there's a, I'm flying in the park and someone comes up beside me, you know, land that thing and, and spend 15 minutes and educate this person, one person at a time, because that's the, that's our only hope. Yeah. I mean, and, and even us helicopter guys, if the opportunity comes, even if you're not an FPVer, I got to tell you what, I, I can sit here and talk about this and express to you guys my discomfort with this issue but i can tell you this if i'm at an event or i'm at a fun fly or even at my field and somebody just shows up and the topic comes up i'm going to be talking glowingly about this i'm not going to express any worries about it i'm going to do my best to give them information that makes them see it in a favorable way as well yeah because as much as it worries me that this is going to affect our hobby we still have to present a united front. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. thing and the thing of that is, is this is where I really hope that you FPVers out there that are doing this really take this seriously and get involved in your regional areas, your state at your state level, whatever you have to do. You know, there's been a couple big votes here recently in Oregon and uh, I can't remember the other one was P- Pennsylvania, was it? Where they where they're putting this stuff on the ballot? Oh, Oregon, uh, Texas, Texas. I think yes. I think it, yeah. well. I don't know. Yeah. I know Oregon. There, there are two or three states. Yeah. So that means it's time. It's time. <laughs> you know, let's not rely on the AMA as much as as we would like to think, and as apparently as Justin has faith in. I don't have. Oh that no! Faith. I, I, for the record, I'm not necessarily saying I'm having faith. I was just trying to point out that they are attempting to do something. Whether or not it'll be successful, I, I don't know. And I'm not trying to say that it's a bad crowd. Every, every crowd. I mean, every hobby, every sub-hobby of every hobby has its bad apples. Right. And I don't think that any there's a, you know any more in... In regular RC than there is in FPV. I do not believe no, that. No, I don't. I agree the problem is, is is that this is under such scrutiny right now and such a fine microscope that, you know, uh, FPV people as a community really need to band together and, you know, put a lot of effort and do your best into policing your own community at the moment. You know, because it, it's it's not just going to affect you. It could ruin it for you, but then it could ruin it for everyone. You know, and, and once everything gets settled down and, you know, I, I, I don't envy the government at all for trying to trying to classify this because, I mean, holy cow, 
Yeah. It, it's so difficult that we are at a point where our capabilities as modelers, even, even amateur modelers uh, with the equipment and the, you know, the cost of the equipment. Yes. Potentially we could do, I mean, serious damage. So I understand, I understand their concern and it's going to be very difficult to discern for them when are these guys a threat and when are they not and how do we keep it from being and, and all that. So I get it. Just also understand that, you know, right now is the time when you have to keep your shoes clean, you know, yeah, be clean. And it's time to get involved, guys. It really is. Absolutely. And, and the thing of it is too, the, yeah, I mentioned the, the don't, don't refer to it as drone. There's another word you should never use. Don't ever use the mm-hmm. word payload when talking to somebody about these. I mean, think about that. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're talking with your, your buddy who's interested and he wants to know if his camera will be able to, if that machine will be able to handle his camera, yeah, use the word payload to him. Okay. Don't use the word to the public, you know, to these guys. You know, if you find yourself in a situation where you're instructing or teaching somebody who's just isn't aware, that's a scary word when you're talking about an unmanned, machine that can fly miles away payload yeah true and i also think too that guys look i i think i think getting involved and 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 to be honest with you to really light the fire under you fpvers because this really is your issue i mean it's all of our issues in the long run but you guys really need to be at the forefront of this and and You've got to get involved because it's just like anything. I mean, look, we live in a reactionary world. I mean, I was watching a news thing the other night talking about some craziness of some kids. This kid was at lunch and he he was chewing on something that he had for lunch. I don't know. But when he got done chewing, he looked at it and it kind of it was kind of in a L-shaped, kind of looked like it. If you if you imagine it good enough, you could see, you could maybe see a, he got expelled. It looked like a gun. They said that's reactionary. He yeah. was chewing on something in his lunch. It yeah, looked and, like and, a gun. Yeah, he just he was like chewing on it, and he was like he like I don't know I I don't know the full story. He spit it. He was spitting it out on his tray after he was chewing on it. Yeah, kids play with their food, whatever. A young kid, like grade school, young grade school kid, like first and second grade. And when he got done with his artwork of his lunch, it resembled a gun. I mean, and they expelled him. They for expelled it. the kid. He got three days, or they suspended him three days. That kind of crap aggravates me. And, it, and that's the reactionary society we live in. And it's unfortunate, but it's a reality. And so, I don't think it used to be that way. Oh, dude, let, let me relate a real quick little story to you. When I was a kid, I was young. I was six years old. Me and a buddy were riding a bicycle in Montana. As you can imagine, even now it's desolate. Back then it was even more so. We're riding on the wrong side of the road. This old man stops, gets out of his truck, gives us a lecture about safety, takes a, a marking pen, and he writes R and L on our hands because we were young, and he wanted to make sure we were riding on the right side of the street. Imagine if that happened today. How fast would that old man be in jail? 
Oh, man. Oh, People would be up in arms. Yeah, it drives me nuts. The hypersensitivity today to these kinds of things, it and, just blows my mind. And, yeah, and that's kind of the whole thing. And um, if I upset you, I'm sorry, guys, but it's just the reality of the situation. And we got to... we we. We all have to get involved. Let's get involved. Let's let's before before the government changes our hobby. Let's get involved with the AMA. I mean, they are our voice, so to speak. Whether or not, if you don't think they're doing a good job, God damn it, let them know. Let them yep. know. I mean, we can be apathetic about it and sit back and let the government walk all over us, or we can try. I know what I'm going to do. So. Hopefully everybody makes and that do decision. it now. Don't say yeah. you're gonna do it eventually. Yeah, because it, it. I mean, it sounds grim, and maybe we are being over dramatic. But Dan's right; it could happen. And then what? You know, what we ought to do. We ought to draft a letter and put it on our downloads page, and then people can just there you go, print it out, sign it, and send it to their senator. Yeah, because if if helis get shut down, Dan. What the hell are we going to talk about every week? You guys are going to have to sit around and listen to us talk about knitting or crochet or my cats. Nick will still have stuff to say. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. That just, I I feel like he just got me back for the nerdy voice earlier. I think he might have. I think he might have. So it took me a while, but I did strike back. Okay, we're going to get off the soapbox now. Because we spent quite a bit of time on the soapbox, and we enjoy, we enjoy that every now and again. But uh, it's time to, it's time to jump off the soapbox. Shit, guys! I think I need to get a new charger. Well, hey Dan, why don't you head over to Progressive RC and check out that new iCharger 4010 Duo that they got over there? Looks to be a powerhouse. And dude, while you're at it, check out one of his charger case combos as well they're great looking i know man those things look sweet i think i'm going to do that right now www.progressiverc.com check them out for your charging needs well we did a interview with uh guys you see him he's posting on our facebook page quite a bit radar flight school sean kane is his name from australia spent a little bit (laughs) down (laughs) on down on Go ahead, do it. Perhaps the Dengai chap, no, baby. No, no. <laughs> that was one one time. One time. That was a one time deal. Anyway, we spent a little time talking with Sean about his flight school, kind of what's happening down in Australia. We're going to go play that right now, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. Well, I don't know if you guys know, but it's we're we're struggling with a bit of a heat wave here. We don't have a lot of sympathy for you right now. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> We're in the middle of winter. You know that, right? I know that. I wish we could swap right now. So uh, tell me what's the temperature there right now. What are you dealing with? Um, let me check my iPhone thingy. We're in the 30s, which is like... Wow, that's pretty hot. Yeah, that's like one 110 or something for you guys. Oh, yeah, that is a heat wave. Holy Ooh. Christ. <laughs> yeah, okay, current temperature is 35.3 degrees Celsius. Whoa. That's really we, hot, man. We've been having this for the past week now. Next week's the same, and it's not, not holding up. So do you know, Will, I believe Parker's his last name. 
Is his last name Parker? He's the guy who runs the uh, R. Kelly site. Oh, Will. Yeah. Yeah, I've chatted to Will just through conversation on uh, email and so forth, but I've never actually met Will. Well, the reason I bring that up is because um, I, I sent him a hoodie. And okay. he sent me a quick thank you, and he goes, it was perfect timing because as we're having some unseasonably cool weather. Is, <laughs> is he not, does he not live in it? What, I mean, is that, is that, does he like live way yeah. north or something? I don't know. Is there, of course, way north, for you is, way north for you is closer to the equator. I guess that's hotter. <laughs> that's right. It's hotter up there. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mel- Melbourne weather's really, really funny. We, um, tomorrow could be cold. You, you just never know. So... Every time we get somebody from your neck of the woods on, I I don't know why I feel obligated to have this confirmed, but the water flushes backwards down there, doesn't it? I believe so. <laughs> See? I don't know why. I just feel like every time I talk to someone from Australia, I have to have that confirmed. It's like yeah, I, it's I think they're lying to me. Take video. Show it. Take a video. Yeah, exactly. That would be so, wouldn't that be strange to see that? Yeah, maybe we could upload that to Facebook or something and see yeah, just, if we just, can confirm. Yeah, just 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 don't <laughs> do your business first, please. <laughs> yes. Flush twice. <laughs> Courtesy flush. <laughs> Alrighty guys, so we have with us tonight Sean Kane is his name. And for those of you who are active on Facebook, you've probably seen some of his stuff. He runs Radar Flight School in Australia. And uh, basically he's ripping off Todd Bennett. Is what I think. Is that what you're doing, Sean? That's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> is it working out for you? Uh, yeah, so far. It's, it's going pretty good. So tell us about your flight school, man. What, what's it entail? How, how long is it? What, what, what goes on there? Um, it's, it's more focused at like classes uh, on setup and so forth. Mm-hmm. So not so much outside on the buddy box kind of thing. I, I do do a little bit of that and we're building that up to become a bit bit stronger and a bit bigger, but it's more it's more based on the setup side of stuff. So going right through the whole transmitter settings, what things are, all the way to setting up speed controls, uh, fly bar systems mainly. We don't we don't kind of focus on the fly bar stuff anymore because it's kind of right. phasing out a little bit. Yep. But uh, there's a little bit of that in there, but but mainly on the setup kind of thing. Uh, mostly beginners, people that are quite new to the hobby and they might have just bought themselves a 600 or a 700 and they might have only been briefly playing with the, the micro stuff and they just want a bit more knowledge on what they have to do and how they have to go about it to get out there and get their models flying correctly. Sweet. So how long does this class last? I mean, is it is it weekly, daily? What, what do you do there? Yeah, the class goes for four weeks consecutive. Every Thursday night, it goes for two hours for four weeks. Uh, each class we have different criteria that we cover in those classes and then the next class we kind of refresh over what we did the week before and then get into the new newer stuff and pretty much by the end of it they're they're ready to go out and fly and set up their own model so do you eventually or is it do you work into flight time or is it is it mainly focusing on like you said setup and stuff like that Mainly focusing on setup. I have had a few people contact me where we've gone out consecutively once a week on the buddy box teaching people how to fly and and it's more more focused on uh, 3D as well, I suppose, than than just learning how to hover and, and do your basic stuff. I, I think I hear a bird in the background. Do I hear a bird in the background? 
Yeah, we got. Uh, I'm just outside. There's some big trees out oh. here and a heap of but birds. I was just gonna say, if you got a bird, make sure it's got water because it's hot as hell down there. <laughs> it's pretty hot. <laughs> Are you? You'll be doing like you'll you'll be having like uh, chicken wings for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> So, alrighty, man. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the hobby down in Australia. Now, we've got quite a few listeners. I mean, we've got a lot of listeners in Australia. Actually, it's been it's it's probably well, I I don't. It's kind of leveled off, but then again, you know, it's kind of a as you we you and I were talking the other day. It's it's a small community in Australia, and uh, yeah, it is. It's pretty but small. For the a long time, Australia was the fastest growing area in which our show is heard, well downloaded, uh, as far as percentages per capita, that kind of all that crazy. Tell us, tell us about your little heli community down there, man. It sounds, it sounds like you guys are a pretty close, close tight knit group of people. Yeah, I would definitely say it's really close. Um, we, it, every person in every state knows everybody if they go to the regular fun flies, and and then we have interstate fun flies. A lot of people travel. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty close. Like there's, there's not many people that you don't know or haven't heard of. So when, when you come to a fun fly, you, you've either heard of them or you've met them before. Uh, it's, a, it's a big get-together, big boys, weekend away. We get pretty messy sometimes. Sometimes it's pretty timid. So. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was talking uh, with Jody. Uh, Hod- oh, man. I bu- Here Hodge, we go. Here Hodge. we go. Yeah. <laughs> Butchering last names. Go ahead and tell me. What is it? Hudson. Hudson. Why can't? I don't yeah. know why. I don't know. I don't know why I can't get that right. But uh, he was telling me how they, um, when they came to Urcha, did you come to Urcha with that group when they came? No, I'm yet to get to Urcha. That's one of the events that I'm, I'm really keen for. Oh, well, he was telling me that um, the, the language that they use was a little, <laughs> it, 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 took, it took some of the American uh, pilots and people a little by surprise. They had a good time. Let's just leave it. We'll leave it at that. Okay. That, that sounds like a lot of fun. So tell us about the uh, – you guys just had a big event this past weekend. We did. Now, we had the uh, yeah, Halley Heat Wave. The, what, is the, what am I seeing? This Wagga Wagga. What, tell us about What is that? W- Wagga Wagga. Wagga Wagga. Okay, well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, I'm not sure on how long it's been going, but there's a, a gentleman called Brendan Tucker. Mm-hmm. He, he's one of the organizers of that event. Uh, and it got it got its name due to the fact that when when they ever they host this event, it, it's like stinking hot down there. Like you can you cannot move. It's so hot. Um, if you're not flying, you're pretty much standing in, in tents under the shade because you just can't sit out in the heat. It's too hot. Yeah. Um, you, you've got speed controllers shutting down all the time. <laughs> Nitro, nitros don't want to fly. Uh-huh. So it's, it's a really good event, and it's become pretty successful. I think uh, the year before we had Matt and Amy Botos come down. Nice. Uh, that was pretty cool. Got to meet meet Matt and have a chat to him. He's a really down to earth, nice nice guy. Couldn't yeah, couldn't talk about him more highly. He's a pretty cool, dude. Sweet. The event's been going pretty strong the last couple of years that I've been there. I think I heard just the other day that they had eighty registered pilots. Nice, but I can't confirm that. But that's a fair turnout. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we got up to a bit of mischief after after <laughs> hours and partied on a bit too hard. I gotta, I gotta tell you, man. I, I really have enjoyed the pictures of that trailer that you've got. Is that something that you designed, or? No, we actually bought that off a of planker. Oh, really? That had that trailer. So that that event, the Heli Heatwave, that was the first time we had used that trailer. We only picked it up two days prior to the event. Um, it was pretty much set up as it is, how you see it. Yeah. We just chucked all our gear in it, and we had a big 
big road trip, big convoy of people, and we headed off to, to Wagga Wagga. And, uh, yeah, the trailer worked out really well. We actually got to park it in the pits and set up the charging station in there. And, and we, you know, we were right there with hands-on on the charging. We didn't have to walk real far to, to charge packs. We just grabbed them as we needed them and, and went out to the flight line. It, was, it, it made the trip really good. It was cool. Is that uncommon for you guys to be able to park right in the pits like that with trailers and whatnot? Yeah, with a, with a trailer, it's, it's kind of something that's not really done. But um, we got some permission off Brendan and he let us do it and, and that's how it went. But generally, we don't have trailers in the pits. It's more, more just tents and deck chairs and things like that. Nice. Well, if you come to the RC Hilly Nation Fun Fly, you'll be able to back that bad boy right up to the flight line, dude. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's right. Just, uh, you know, I just don't know how well it'll pull behind a boat. Uh, or, you know, I guess you could, <laughs> you, could try, you could strap you could strap it to the back of the plane, I guess, or right on, the, I don't know, somehow. Or you could just come and stay in a tent, man. You really should uh, should make it out. That's going to be a fun event. That's yeah, a, when that, is that event? That's June. That's uh, in the middle of probably your winter time. Of course, I don't know. You guys, winter for you isn't that. I mean, it doesn't get bad there in wintertime, right? Nah, winter's you, pretty easy here. Yeah, you guys get to fly year-round, right? Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, and I hate you for that. <laughs> 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 we have some pretty bad days in winter, but yeah. you know, they're, they're not consecutive. Yeah. You, know, you might get two or three bad days, and then you get a good one. So what other big events do you guys have down there in Australia, man? Um, some of the big ones that I've been to that are, that are pretty good, like, you know, there's heaps of events all over the place and sometimes they clash with one another, but there's the main ones that we have and there's the, the one that we, that they have in Canberra, uh, in the ACT there. That's really cool. That's kind of organized from the boys from RC Bits, Timmy and Jez. I don't know if you've heard of those guys. Um, there's one in Perth. Perth was amazing. Perth is a really beautiful place. Um, the field that they have it at is called Whiteman's Park. And there's a lot of RC there. It was really, really cool to kind of have a look. Like, so they had their, they have their club with the planes and the the heli guys. And then behind that, they had like off-road cars. Uh, not far from there, they have the cable plane guys. And I think only two k's down the road, they have like a jet field. Two, two what now? What, what are you now, talking? Two, kilo- two kilometers. Oh Jesus! What is that? Is that like thirty feet? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's like it's almost like, it's a mile and a half. Okay. Now you're talking the language I can I can understand. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <I> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so I'm I'm in my mind I'm picturing the continent that you live on, and it, mm-hmm. it you know it's kind of hard. Have you ever been to the states before? Yeah, I went in '96. Okay, so you've been here. You've kind of got an idea of how big things are. I mean, in relation, is it? I mean, are you a long ways away from other people in Australia? I mean, I mean to drive from yeah. one side to the other. Is it like a huge undertaking? Yeah. Is yeah. it big? It takes a long time. So as an example, to get to where we went to Wagga Wagga last week, that was a six-hour car trip. Oh, come on. Six hours? What? That's not far? That's pretty far. <laughs> <laughs> you got but it. But if you're talking ask like Nick, Perth. Ask Nick how far that is. That's that a, ain't nothing. That's, a, that's, a, that's yeah. a weekend stroll, dude. Come on, man. It's still it's still <laughs> a half a kit versus, worth of gas. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a yeah, that's easy half a kit. So tell me this, uh, you guys do liters right down there when you buy your gas? Yeah, like in gas when you stop yeah, at the yeah. pump, it's in yeah, liters. That's right. So all right, so what, I'm just gonna kind of what is it? Four liters to a gallon, roughly ish. Three point eight seven. Three point eight. Yeah. That, that's pretty close to four, isn't it? There, Mister Numbers. I love the rocket say. Yeah, three point eight. It's three point eight point seven seven. Repeating, of course. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> so anyway, back back to the topic. I, what do you get? Okay, so you buy a liter. What is a liter of gas down there? I, I use diesel, so it's like a dollar forty-five somewhere around there. Wow. Yeah, dollar. Yeah. We're a dollar sixty on petrol. I've just had confirmed from my buddy Glenn sitting behind me. Holy shit! Yeah, that's expensive gas, man. Yeah, it's getting expensive now. I know. Every we time, got- I, every time I talk to my friends in the UK, they always make fun of me when I bitch about high, high price of gas. <laughs> <laughs> I there- think our actual gas, like LPG, is uh, seventy cents a liter at the moment. RPG. Help me out here, Rock. LPG. LPG. Gas? Like natural uh, liquid gas. petroleum? Yeah. Huh. You guys, uh, I guess there's a few vehicles around here that run on that shit, isn't there? I don't know. Every now and then. Yeah, you see. I, I remember the my high school actually had some buses that ran on that stuff. I don't know. That's pretty cheap around here, I think. Yeah, and that's not not common at all, though. No, not at all. I think they they tried to push it hard a while back, but or a few years ago, but I don't think you see it very much anymore. So, you, I mean, you you got to drive a ways to get to events, which kind of makes me wonder. I mean, you guys, you're all spread out. I mean, there's not like there's not like a central area where the, all the helicopter guys kind of live and hang out and kind of grow and learn off no, each other. That's, yeah, that's right. We don't we don't have a, a place like that. Um, like if you were to hold a, a good event in Australia and have it central, there's not really a place for that right. to to have it where it's it's nice and easy to get to. I think the, probably the furthest one to go is like from, I'm in Melbourne, Perth to Melbourne is quite far. So that's kind of out of bounds. A lot of guys don't come from there to come to here. We don't go there to go to there unless it's a, a big event. And if you if you do, it's generally a plane ride. So what about you locally there? Do you got a club that you fly at or are you kind of your own? Uh- yeah, there's there's actually heaps of clubs around uh, in Melbourne and in Victoria here. So I recently just moved house. I used to be three minutes from my club. Now I'm about 20 minutes. Uh, there's probably, there's a heap of clubs, but I would say there's probably, say, six to seven good ones that, that people will re- uh, visit regularly. Right. Uh, and those guys, you know, we might have big club days where our club will go visit another club and bombard those people with all <laughs> of us and have a barbecue and not not necessarily nice. a fun fun fly but just a bit of a, a visit and drop in and they'll do it to us too on a regular occasion sounds real good so let me tell you let me ask you this though so this this flight school you're doing I, i'm guessing yeah. you, you started that was that kind of your way of saying oh my god we need more people and someone needs to help people learn how to do this stuff or was there like yeah i just i just wanted to share my information and we had a lot of i had a lot of people approaching me and friends telling me that you know where do i go to learn this and how, how do I get involved? Uh, there wasn't anywhere to go to do it. So I thought to myself, you know what, I've, I've learned some knowledge. I'm, I'm going to take this on myself and I'm going to get this going. So that's that's where it kind of started from. Have you found that that's actually growing the heli community where you live? It must be, right? I mean... I, I think so, yeah. definitely. Uh, things are becoming a lot more cheaper and easily affordable to get into this hobby. Oh, um, dude, yeah. I think the micros are helping people do that as well, even though sometimes I have a, a bit of a bad thing towards people. But, um, yeah, it's definitely growing. Uh, more and more people are knowing about it. I think the hardest part about the hobby is it's not really in the public eye. It's kind of underground. Mm-hmm. So unless you see it on the news or on the TV or in the newspaper, it's kind of hard to find find out about information about the, the hobby itself. Right. So tell me about... As a hobbyist in Australia, I mean, uh, do you guys got good local hobby shop supply? I mean, support, I guess, or do you have to like out of country your stuff in all the time? 
Yeah, there's probably there's two hobby shops in Australia that I would say are decent enough to go into that I would call high end stuff. So they would have like all your your good brands, you know, like mm-hmm. your Synergies and your Kasamas and um, logos, things like that. And mm-hmm. then there's a lot of other little hobby shops that just have your little micro stuff and they don't really dwell in much of the bigger bigger helis. I know Nick's dying to know, but are there any JR, do, do they sell any JR helicopters down there? Because he's pretty convinced yeah. that the only, only like people in Japan get to see <laughs> no, I've actually got a, a friend, Hamish Scott. He's a um, JR-sponsored pilot. Um, there's a company in South Australia called um, OMP. They're the distributors of JR helicopters in Australia. They also do all the Horizon hobby gear as well. So they're, they're a pretty big company, but they're dis- distribution only. They're not right. a retail store. So JR just uh, hates America, I guess, is what it boils down to. Yeah, look, there's not... I know where you're going with it, and there's not <laughs> there's not <laughs> there's not many JR helicopters around that people fly. All right, so uh, yeah. Sa- same as High Robo, you know, they're kind of high end product, and they come with an expensive price, so it's not really affordable to fly. Yeah, I actually have a little bit of a story on on why I I, I just I remember a long long time ago I was listening to I don't know if you remember uh, Dicey he used to do a, a podcast called RC Freak Podcast. No, and he was at. He did some interviews at Urchin. He interviewed some JR guy, somebody high up in JR. And, yeah. and one thing that that guy said resonated with me to this day. And he just kind of said in a, I don't want to say arrogant tone, but matter of factly, I guess might be the best way. Yeah, we know not everybody can afford a JR product. Mm. Really? That's it's kind of sad. <laughs> it's kind of a, <laughs> it's like oh, okay, well, all right, whatever. So anyway, it is yeah. what it is. They got a good product, but it's just too expensive. Hey, I used to have a JR. Well, I still have a JR. I just never fly it yeah. anymore. I've built a few JR helis. They go together nicely. They're solid machines. They are. They're uh, they're heavy. Well, the older ones are. My JR Vibe yeah. is a heavy bastard. But. Yeah, I'd still go along with the new ones are quite heavy too still. Are they? Yeah. So tell, tell me about, we we're, were kind of talking about your, um, you know, your support uh, there uh, for parts and whatnot, do you find that your distributors are really good about keeping stuff in stock? I mean, yeah, they go they go pretty well. So we've got the main one. Like I I used to work for Arc RC. I still have a lot to do with them. Um, there's also RC Bits, which is in South uh, Canberra. Um, they they deal with a lot of product and and what you tend to find, and I suppose in the states as well, is if you join a club, you you would generally fly a model that you can. You know the parts are easily available from your hobby shop or, or so forth. You wouldn't buy something that that the hobby shop didn't really supply because then it becomes difficult to get those parts when you're crashing. So I, I think yeah, you just got to you got to stick with what what the hobby shops are supplying and and go with that. I mean, there are the odd few people that that want something a bit unique and a bit different, and and they'll go off and buy something else. And then you know, slowly over time, that hobby shop may get that product in if if it seems of any value, I suppose. Yeah. Actually, you made a post on our Facebook page because we, we were talking about uh, that, um, oh, what's the name of that? The sexy legs. Come on, Justin. Help me. <laughs> uh, Actually, the, I've oh, got that oh, in my notes. The crazy parts. parts. The, yeah, crud parts. Crud That's parts. It. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And mis- hey, hey, Mr. Nick, yeah. you're probably one of my, my favorite RC Halley Nation dudes to listen to. Oh, but I've got I got, Thanks, a, I, got a bu- I got a bone to pick with you though about crud. Oh crap! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Luke and Alice, he's like a good friend of mine. We we fly together a fair bit when when he's home because he actually works away on a ship about six weeks at a time and then comes back for six weeks. So uh, yeah, Luke, Luke is the designer and person that has the crud parts, and he started off with his um, sexy legs and stuff for the quad copies and so forth. And he- I can't even hear it, not love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, you know what? I didn't even think it was that funny until I listened to that episode. <laughs> and then I was like, they got a point. It is funny. It Sexy is. It's legs. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. I don't know if you've seen, um, I posted a photo on Radar Flight School about there's a picture of his his goblin's blades. I just They're saw like that tonight. Yeah. Filth. They are so filthy. We, we reckon if he was to clean his helicopter, he might get an extra 30-second flight time. <laughs> the parts are incredible i mean they look really really nice i'll, I'll give them that <laughs> the 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 whole the, the whole naming thing is just it's perfect i mean i want oh, yeah, something on awesome. my helicopter that says crud parts i'm telling you <laughs> yeah i mean I don't, i'll have to send you some stickers <laughs> hell yeah dude get us some stickers that would be great that would be great yeah all that'd right, be awesome I'll send you some crud part stickers i'd plaster those <laughs> all over nick's forehead yeah, thank you. Yeah, I don't. I don't know where he came up with the name. It was. I think it was prior to helicopters, anyway. So, yeah. um, and he had he he was running his YouTube channel and still does. He posts. He hasn't done a a good video for a little while about about helicopter stuff. But uh, yeah, he he had a few helicopter videos coming out there about his charging system and there's a few flights that he posted up. Um, and it was all to do with crud parts and that that kind of um. Crud Bucket is his actual the nickname, I suppose. No one really calls him that, but I think he he got that from somewhere, um, and that was a nickname of his. And he just he called his YouTube channel uh, Crud Bucket, and then when he came up with the helicopter parts, yeah, he needed a name, and he went with Crud Parts. So that's where it came from. <laughs> I love it. It's I, awesome. Yeah, it's it's great. I love that name. Yeah, he flies a Goblin, so that's why he came up with the Heat Seeker. Uh, his motor was getting pretty hot, especially those guys that run speed runs in the goblins. Um, mm-hmm. It tends to keep the motor a bit cooler, so especially with the heat we're having at the moment, um, it, it's got to help for sure. Oh yeah. So I wanna, I wanna, I wanna see uh, if you know these guys. And I, it's been a long time. We talked about it once, and it was just in kind of a passing. There's a couple guys from Australia that put their goblin on a 24s. I don't know him personally. Tony, his name is. Yeah, that's he's a, right. Yeah, he's an electronic engineer. Uh, although when I was at Halley Heatwave, Timmy from RC Bits, he had a X7 on 24s. And they're still alive, right? There's, I mean, they. It's still alive. It's a, um, it's a project that I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but that Timmy and Tony are working on. They're looking at releasing those speed controllers. Um, <laughs> They seem to hold up. They don't burn out or do any stupid stuff. So, and man, that thing holds some ass. We had the drag pump. And that <laughs> oh, thing, I can imagine. It was, like, <laughs> it was like a funny car on the drag strip. He just couldn't keep that thing straight, man. It was just all over the place, and it was just pulling like a freaking freight train. It was crazy. I just, um, I just think that they they probably use less electricity to kill people in this in in. You know, the execution chairs, you know what I mean? <laughs> I did hear a rumor, I don't know how true it is, but you anything of that power, you need to be a licensed electrician to actually plug it in. So, yeah, in case huh. of electric, electrocution. Oh, huh, well, 
I mean, that, that's, an, I don't even know what that means. I mean, as far as those numbers, the, I mean, I understand that the 24S, that's huge, right? I don't even know that you start talking about kilowatts and I mean, what, what, I mean, that's, that horsepower has got to be just insane. You, you could run, you could run, you could do my 22 degrees of pitch both sides with that. Yes, you could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could, but could you? He was running. He was, he was yeah. using like all these 2200 milliamp packs and he was claiming that, you know, he could use those for his 450 as well. So, but um, that's it. Yeah. He had heaps of batteries in there. This, this thing moved fast. Wow. The, the funny thing about it though, we had a couple, they had a couple of guys test fly that heli just to have a go of it. And, no one could actually fly it smoothly and nice because the power was just too ridiculous. Huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I wonder. Oh, I bet you I could bog it. Mm. <laughs> I, I think you need a certain amount of bog for the helicopter to perform well. Yeah. When you're stopping and stuff like that, you need, you know, that head needs to unload a little bit before you get back into a maneuver. Let it slow down a little bit. You know, I, I just remember flying my Fusion and even feeling how powerful that was i I just couldn't even imagine so Mm. yeah my fusion used to kick ass with the drag racing i just had on 12s and i used to as long as i got a good takeoff i would win yeah but it stuffed it up that was it game over so before we let you go (laughs) i we should probably talk about your sponsors because i understand that you just recently i don't know was is it you that got it or is it the flight school that got the edge blade me personally, so I'm field repping for Edge Rotor Blades and Lynx Innovations now. Nice. Um, I'm still sponsored by Scorpion and Arc RC. Sounds really so, good. So, any? But, uh, uh, I, I know you guys are kind of winding down, and you're well. It's still hot as hell there, but I mean, your your oh, season's yeah. kind of. Any big events yeah, coming, coming up here? Coming to it, man. Um, we got some big events. There's one that I organize myself which is called positive pitch but that's towards the end of the year it's in november first to the third uh we're just in negotiations now with some of the pilots over there onto who to bring out as an international so if you guys have anyone in mind and you know someone that wants to let me know sweet man but um yeah it's a pretty big event we're trying to we're trying to build it and make it as big as we can so how, how long have you guys um, been doing that uh, this is only going to be the second year that it's oh, ha- been okay. held. So that I mean, the first year was pretty good. We had Red Bull as one of the main sponsors, um, which helped oh, nice. a lot. And we had a lot of other other major sponsors. And we're looking for some more international sponsors this year to try and build it up. And just we're trying to make that the biggest fun fly in Australia. As um, Coffs kind of got the cancel, so um, we thought once Coffs had been passed, we thought we need to bring something you know to Australia and make it big and and get it out there. So. I kind of got together with a few people and formed a little committee down here and we come up with positive pitch and, and it, it seems to be going good. I think um, last year we had 67 registered pilots for the first year, which is Very not too nice. bad. Yeah. So we're, we're, I think we're going to get into the 80 um, this year coming. So we'll see how we go with that. I've got um, Brendan Tucker from the Halley Heatwave, the organizer there. He's a big F3C guy. Yeah. He's going to the FAI World Champs in July. Oh, he was. Uh, he actually was uh, in one of the interviews, wasn't he, with uh, Bert? He may have been. Yeah, yeah I think he was. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going with two other guys. Um, there's Mark Swan. So that's in. Yeah, it's in July. It's being held in Poland. So he's going to compete in that. 
Very nice, man. Be interesting to see. And then we've also got uh, next week we've got 3DX, which is in Sydney. Uh huh. Are you competing? So, um, I was down for international class, but with family commitments and a few other things, I can't make it. That sounds like Sydney, that sounds like so. an excuse to me, dude. <laughs> That's what that sounds like. Uh, I, I would love to go, and um, yeah, Nick Nick Maxwell, he's competing. He's one of my favorite pilots since I've been in this hobby and uh, having a chance. You to just go wanted up to give him a shot. You, yeah, yeah, you, you I, wanted Nick to I, to do well. You I would have, I would have had him, man. For oh sure. yeah, sure, <laughs> sure you would have. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you, you saw he posted a vi- uh, picture. I don't know if you saw it the other day. He, he's he's plowing snow from his field, dude. He's <laughs> he's going to be rusty. Oh yeah, you're down yeah, there. You're down there in the heat. To fight with, <laughs> for sure. But um, yeah, we got a few. There's a few guys coming down for that. So we got we got Jay Hong Lee. He's going to be a pretty good competitor for that. Um, but the the big thing that everyone wants to see from Australia here is is the battle between um. We've got Marco Ribello, who won the expert class in the Masters, um, and James Dargu, which he's a Melbourne boy, and we've got Marco, which is from up in uh, Sydney, I believe. So they're really two pilots that people want to see have a bit of a battle and see who's going to take, you know, the higher position. I'm not sure if any of those guys will definitely win over Nick Maxwell or Jay Hong Lee, but I, I think they've definitely got a good chance. James Dargu is um, a Masters competitor. He's I think he's entered it three to four times, I believe, and placed within the top ten. So oh. um, he's been practicing pretty hard and so is Marco, so... It'd be interesting to see who who takes that one out over those two. So, do you guys have anybody that can't fly in Australia? Just everybody, everybody I talk to from Australia <laughs> seems to be really good. What's up with that? Is it the water? Is it what is it? Is yeah, it, I think it's the water. I think anything Australians do, we kind of we try to hit it hard. I mean, yeah. when I got into this hobby, it, it it took over my life, and you know now I'm talking to you guys, and and you just get indulged in what you're doing, so. Um, we just go pretty hard in whatever we do. But there, look, what? there's still the guys out there that come and hover. They're still at like 55 degrees. <laughs> I, I was. I know Nick was thinking the exact same thing I was. Like, what? what? Ta- we don't get indulged in what we do. No. <laughs> take, take over our lives? Come on. No. The difference is they've got the weather to back it up. Yeah, yeah, and you know what we call you guys. I mean, you. it's a term of endearment, but nonetheless, you are a warm weather dick. We are, Definitely. <laughs> um, I, I would probably call up north more warm weather dicks than we are because when our winter comes, it gets pretty cold. <laughs> you're you're sweltering dick in in the sand. That's <laughs> what you are now. <laughs> oh man, it's so hot. I wish you guys could witness this. It, look, it never gets 110 here. I don't, I don't think okay. it gets that hot where Nick and those guys live. Right? It doesn't get that hot over there, right, Nick? Justin? No, yeah, no, not no. on the can western you, side. Can you fly? In that weather, I mean, is that does like the at, electronics work in that shit? Yeah, at the at the moment, like today is actually too hot to go to the field. So, I mean, you'll get your crazy guys that will have a go and and give it a crack. But you know, I mean, you can have speed controllers shutting down, motors getting too hot, things catching on fire. So, um, nitro is not so bad. It just doesn't seem to perform as well in the in the real hot heat. Yeah. So, but I mean, most people here are electric at the moment. So nitro is kind of a, a dying breed. Hey, careful! Sorry to Watch say, it. Dan. Watch it. <laughs> I, st- I still fly my N2. It's probably one of my favorite models. Jeez, uh, you're just giving me another reason to hang up on you, man. Talking about nitro like that. <laughs> What's up with that? Uh, to, to be honest, I, I would say 
Nitro is still my soul, I think. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, pre- I prefer Nitro over electric, to be honest. It just it just feels smoother in the throttle. Um, just performs nice. I like the smoke and the sound. And um, if you're ever doing a demo to the public, it's always better to use the Nitro than to use the electric. Uh, it just appeals to the crowd a bit more if they don't know about helicopters and it's what the, we do. The so. smoke trail, the sound, right. the smell. It's, it's awesome. Just adds to it, adds to it. Just makes the hobby. It's awesome. Definitely. Alrighty. Well, I appreciate you hanging out with us for a little while, and uh, good luck with your your flight school, man. I think that's awesome because that's the that is what it takes to get people into this hobby is someone that's willing to take the time to help people. Thank and you. I think that's that's awesome that you're doing that. Yeah, and no, I, I enjoy it. I like to you know what I've learned. I like to give to other people and. You know, we go to the field sometimes, and and Luke, Luke was one of those people that um, this is Luke and Alice from Crud Parts. He he would go to the field, and he would be inundated with people asking him questions. And in the end, he just couldn't fly at the field, and he had to he had to leave that field because too many people were asking him questions and how to set up things. And so, um, to give it back to the community and try to get more people involved is definitely where I'm headed and what I want to do with it. And just yeah, just show the public what RC Hallies is about. Yeah, and that's a that's a fine line. I and I bet you understand that probably pretty well. When you put yourself in that position of helping people and doing things like that, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to be good at taking the time for yourself. You know, because yeah. I mean, it's your hobby as well. And you, as, as much as you want to help people, you still you still have to enjoy it yourself. And mm-hmm. if you're not flying, and all you're doing is wrenching other other people's stuff. I mean, ask Nick. That's why he can't stand to be around me at a fun fly. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting better though. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's hard sometimes. I think the the guys at my club that I fly at uh, the most is they seem to understand you know, what I do and my time and, and things like that. And I think they can tell from how I am that day when I step out of the car, whether they can ask me for help or not, if I, I just want to be there to fly. I found the best way is just as soon as you show up, put a scowl on your face. Everyone just Yeah, someone, someone said I'd need two different caps, one that says help and one that says don't help today. Yeah, help desk closed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you an example. I had... um. I rocked up to the field. All I, all I wanted to do was just smash out a heap of battery packs and just get some flights in, and it was getting late. And the second that I stepped out of the car, I had five people running over to me. Can you look at my helicopter? Can you look at my helicopter? And I just like, you know, you, you got to be nice and you got to do it, and, and, but sometimes it becomes a bit much. Yeah, it does, and it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough line because if you catch somebody and you're in that mood or you just want to fly – it, it, it can is. be tough. I mean, it's not like I'm in. I'm in a fortunate position because no one's going to ask me for help unless they want some 22 degrees of pitch. Then they might ask me for help. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's a, maybe that's the way you ensure that they don't ask you any more questions. Dude, I've Dan. got I've got this. I've got it's this like, figured dude, out. I will set your helicopter up like you won't believe. Dude, here's the thing. <laughs> I got this figured out, man. I mean, no one expects Dan to show up and lay the smack down. So, and they don't expect me to show up and fix their helicopters. So it's a win-win, right? That's cool. <laughs> it's, it's, so where are you at now after the Todd Bennett class? Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm about, uh, what is it? I don't know, about 115 degrees hover now. That's pretty <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, I'm still, you know, I'm, I, I'm like 
pass nose in, I guess, and almost back to the other side. So I'm doing so all right. Full of crap. I'm doing all right, man. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I'm blowing your cover. <laughs> Next to like, <laughs> no, actually, you know what? The Todd Bennett class was amazing, and it it uh, it just gave me the the confidence uh, to learn and try shit and um, just let the heli do what you know, do its thing, and and let it tell you let it tell you what it needs, you know. And For uh, sure. One the I got to tell you one thing that I noticed that I do now more than ever uh, than I ever did for the Todd Bennett class is literally take my hands off the sticks. I mean, while I'm flying, and just relax. And just relax, you know. Um, it it was amazing, and uh, I look forward to taking the class again. So yeah, if I'm ever if I'm ever down that way or up that way, I'd definitely love to take that class and see how Todd Bennett does it and teaches people and. That would be interesting. He's got a very unique style. I've heard. I've heard. <laughs> some people appreciate it. Some people don't. It sounds like there's a bit of yelling and screaming that goes on there. Yeah, you know, he mocks you a little bit, you know, challenges <laughs> hey, you. Surely, you going to do a pyro flip today or what? Yeah. <laughs> that was the most screwed up looking backflip I've ever seen, man. What's up? What's up with that? And then my buddy Ed, my buddy Ed didn't really... Didn't really appreciate it. He learned more from him than he, I think, would like to admit. But appreciate you hanging out with us, and uh, have a good day. No All righty, guys, that's uh, Sean Kane from Radar Flight School down in Australia. Always fun to get some people from Australia on the show. We love oh, their yeah. accent. Their accent He's is a good guy. Yeah, and, the, and again, I had to confirm it. The water does indeed flush backwards down there. It does. So weird. And Foster's is not Australian for beer. Yeah, I learned that last time we had somebody from Australia on. Probably won't make that mistake again. <laughs> yeah. It was quickly pointed out to me that people in Australia don't actually drink Foster's. Whatever. I always thought they did because when I, I when I was growing up, I saw the commercials. It's, Foster's is Australian for beer. Beer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I said that right. I'm waiting for Sounds Nick. Sounds good to, enough. I'm waiting for Nick to. I'm trying. I'm trying to pull him and prod him into. I stuck my foot in my mouth enough. He's trying to lead him into it. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm trying to say it poorly enough that Nick says, "No, no, no, that's not right." Nope. I'm not. It's not going to happen. Nope. <laughs> All right. So, Nick, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that, man? Uh, for sure, shoot me an email at nick at rchelynation.com or throw a post up on our forum. Justin, if I wanted to get in touch with you after you get done playing with those uh, big boy toys down there in Ohio, how would I do that? You could send me an email at justin at rchelynation.com or catch me in the chat box or on our forums. And Jesse, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? You could shoot me an email at jesse at rchelynation.com or shoot me a PM on our forums. I am Dan, and you can also reach me at dan at rchelynation.com. Or Dan K. Reed on our forums in the chat room as well. And Justin, I am coming for you, dude. I swear to God. Bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to have... No we, good, man. I'm glad. We are going to have... Justin and I are going to have the SmackDown competition at our fun fly. Oh, yeah. I'm calling, I'm calling you out right now, dude. I'm ready. I'm calling I'm ready. you out, man. I think I, I am ready. I might ready. be biting off more than I can chew, but I'm doing it anyway, damn it. There you go. (laughs) All right, guys. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. 
Have a good week. We will talk to you next Monday. And I'm going flying tomorrow. So bite me. Dan, Dan sucks. Bye-bye. Yeah, Dan sucks. <laughs> This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion, send us an email using the Contact Us link on the homepage. If you'd like to make a donation, there's a Donate Now button on our homepage as well.